Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. We're not even halfway through 2021, and Marvel is making up ground quickly after a year without any new releases, wrapping up their second Disney Plus show, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We laughed, we cried, it was better than cats, and pretty much anything DC has scrabbled together through the years. That being said, we have some serious business to attend to because we made some predictions about how this whole thing would go down several weeks ago, and now it's time to count the score up, see which idiot will take home the prize. So here, in episode 63, we count up the reels, we count up the jabronis, give our opinion on what it all means, and greet our new Captain America in a little something we're calling... Uh, this is your captain speaking. My name is Todd, and with me, as always, is a man who is celebrating the time he pitched three straight strikes past Manny Ramirez 15 years ago today. And in spite of it being a cardboard cutout and a Dick Sporting Goods, which he's now banned from for life, we are still going to count it. He is the Callisto to my Sin Cara. I know we've got faces for radio, but why do they have to keep putting us under masks? I give you the man they call Tim. Greetings and salutations, my friend. How are you? I am doing quite well, and yourself, sir? Very good. Very good. Excellente. So uh, can we get into the business here at hand? Uh, can you name the tag team? Uh, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, this would be the Lucha House Party. Uh, uh, no, this is the Lucha Dragons. Oh. Lucha House Party, I think, was what happened when there was three of them. This is just the two of them, which <laughs> means <laughs> we got one! <laughs> you got the touch! You got the power! But it's a cheap victory, but I'll take it. Yeah, that is a cheap one, man. <laughs> Six, 63 episodes. I've only gotten like four of these, so I treasure each one of them. My oh, goodness. My batting average is somewhere down around Bob Euchre's lifetime average, which really <laughs> ought to tell you something. I'll take it. The old point zero four zero, huh? <laughs> Yep, I, you know what? And I'm I'm treasuring each in every single one of them. <laughs> very nice, very nice. So we are going to go into all of our reels and jabronis later on, and uh, we will reveal who is actually the the wiser idiot of the two of us, which is a dubious distinction at best. <laughs> I was going to say dubious at best. <laughs> and quite honestly, I think the, the score was probably going to be like what four to three out of uh, like the eighty predictions that we made, <laughs> so, so, something like that. Yes. Oh goodness! It's a good thing we didn't assign negative points for wrong predictions, because then it would have been—it would have literally been just a negative. Whoever had the 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 lowest negative number at that point. I suppose I should uh, crack the the old uh, joke from the Three Stooges that we did contract the services, the accounting services of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe. So uh, yes, well, to, to actually, do the no. tabulations. We are pretty sure that this is right because I, I just want to tell you. 
not only did I make sure that I was not involved in the math of this at all, <laughs> because as we all know, I don't math well, but not only did Tim count these up his his own self, he wrote code to That's put this right. into a spreadsheet to make sure that this was all on the up and up. Automation, baby, automation. I would have got five questions in and just said, eh, you won. <laughs> <laughs> just, just giving up. I don't even care anymore. I then don't we should have had you count it. <laughs> I would have been sweating. I would have gone through five sheets of paper, three pencils. <laughs> My wife was like, you're doing our taxes? No, I'm trying to count up this stupid thing for the podcast. And she would have been like, you know what? Never mind the taxes. We're getting a divorce anyways. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, that is the straw that breaks the camel's back right there. That's it. It's over. It's over. Oh, boy. Free range you to see the podcast that has been stressing marriages, mostly our own, for oh. now two and a half years. Good Lord. Uh, so anyways, before we dive into all of that, perhaps we ought to get into The Week in Geek. The Week in Geek. I feel so funky. Uh, so we have uh, actually a, a nice mix here. We, we have a little bit of what we typically go to, which is the, the, the Star Wars genre, the, the Star Wars brand. Uh, we have a little Rocky, and we have a little Thundercat. So let's let's dive right in here. So for Star Wars, and and this is a little you know a couple weeks after the fact, but I just want to talk a little bit about the the Bad Batch trailer. Uh, so yes. that's that's a animated series coming out. Uh, looks really really good. What are your thoughts on the trailer? Because I, I I watched it yesterday in preparation of this, and uh, I I just I don't know this 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 just has a kind of kind of a cool hey there there's a back suplex in it so i'm i'm in so you know well, i mean <laughs> it doesn't take much i mean you throw in a little any hint of wrestling and tim's like i'm there i'm all over I'm it there. give me a hell yeah i i i was gonna i was going to use i need to see the thing is i need to be careful because my first instinct was to use a a, a phrase that would not be good words i'm trying to use better words um i've been advised that uh, by one of our our young listeners that i should use better words uncle todd uh, hey, Heather, use good going? words use good <laughs> words sir i'm trying kid i'm really really trying <laughs> it is a struggle I'm like I'm like jewels in Pulp Fiction. I'm trying real hard to be the shepherd. That's what I'm, <laughs> I'm trying real hard. Correct the mundo. But it, man, it looks it looks really good. It uh. looks really good. I mean, it looks like it's they've kind of gotten away from what uh, how the Clone Wars show and Rebels were at the first couple seasons and very kind of kid oriented and really picking up on like the last couple seasons of both of those shows where mm. it started getting a little grittier a little bit more splitting the difference between you know kids and adults and it looks like that's their starting point with this one because it looks it looks really good really good really intense too i'm, yeah. I'm digging it i can't yeah. wait yeah and i like that it's it's kind of a it's almost like an a-team kind of focus yeah 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 which 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 i like where it's a team of them um uh, I, I love I think within the first five seconds there's all this ac- like like all this action and uh, which includes the back suplex and then one of them I, I, f- I forget which one it is because uh, I'm just trying to you know learn their names now but one of them stands like that all you got give me yeah. oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> just I that love that good. I'm like oh that's awesome <laughs> that was great yep. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, it's. So. I mean, it is such great geek fodder because it's it just. Is. It just makes you go, "Oh yes, please give this to me now!" And mm-hmm. it's like coming May fourth, and back when this was released, I'm like, "No, I want." I turned into the kid, the kid from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Like, I want it now. Yeah, yeah. you know, but. Well, it's not and, that and, long now. And and those kind of team oriented like, you know, shows, it's it's just I, I really like them. I, I hope they kind of take it in, in, in a you know, fun direction with, with uh, whatever missions they're doing and stuff. I mean, when, when I was reading the Thrawn trilogy, I remember imagining kind of as I was reading about Talon Card and his troop, you know, like that kind of show you know would 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 be kind of cool for for you know showing that that kind of you know life or detail you know that we don't normally see in the movies for for you know characters like that like in in cards case it's a smuggler and his team you know that supports him in this case it's a uh you know this this ragtag group of of clone soldiers who sounds like they have a few screws loose so uh it'll be interesting uh to see where where they take that and and, and the story and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks it looks really good, and I can't wait for it. Now, as we're recording this, what we got like a week and a half yes. before uh, before we get that. So by the time this is released, it'll it'll just be under a week. Mm-hmm. Oh, can't mm-hmm. wait! Oh, it's gonna be awesome. Might have to do a episode about it. We'll have to see what the content looks like. Yes. Yeah, I'm kind of curious how what kind of a what kind of a run this is going to be for the series you know for if, if we're looking at another one of these oh it's like eight episodes or if we're going like like clone wars and rebels where oh yeah it's like 15 some odd episodes for a season i really hope it's mm-hmm. that direction because yeah. it's it looks like such a great concept i could i could really do a nice little deep dive on that edge of the universe absolutely absolutely mm. Uh, so next we have uh, from Rocky from, versus Jabroni. What's from, what's from this? the Sly one? Yeah, that, that's that's called. T- Tim was you know an hour into getting the code sorted out. No, I'm kidding. Uh, and, and had Jabroni <laughs> on the brain. But a little uh, update on the recut version of Rocky Four, which apparently is going to be oh. titled Rocky versus Drago: The Ultimate Director's Cut, because mm. we we've all been clamoring for essentially the workout movie that was Rocky four to be recut into an even longer workout movie. Yes. Um, but yeah, so, so the sly one is, is, uh, you know, has, has added some footage and, uh, done some, done some polish, if you will. Uh, one thing that's going to be not present in this new, uh, uncut version will be, uh, Polly's, uh, robot. Yeah. There's a whole like backstory about that thing that, I read once and now it's completely escaping me. But yeah, it, it's it's a very polarizing thing. Some people love yeah. them some robot and other people just have this genetic level disdain of it. <laughs> I kind of feel like like when when you watch the movies and and, and I and you know we talked about this at length a few episodes ago with with the Rocky series, but when when I watched them a few December's ago with with uh, my sons and we were walking through from Rocky 1 to 4, it's really funny how you know, Rocky is is kind of that like when when Stallone was just trying to make a name for himself, you know, so it just had that kind of gritty feel to it. Rocky two, a little more grit. Rocky three, looking pretty polished. Rocky four, he's a successful man now, and he just makes you know movies that are just you know basically music videos with some workout routines inside. You know, I mean, it just it just felt yeah. like like the level of of kind of polish and and but but at the same time like if you looked at two graphs the polish goes up 
but then you know the the density of the material goes down. <laughs> you know, what I mean? it's just like. Well, I think I think really at that point it was just there was so much money being made off of the Rocky movies, and he had the idea, and yeah. I think that they just he, for whatever reason that the, there was just he didn't come up with enough to fill that, and I think he even admitted that at one point, like he just didn't have enough story to to kind of bulk that out and exactly. that's why it is like exactly. two ginormous training sessions yeah, yeah. And, and that's it yeah. um well and two ginormous training sessions and him driving his ferrari around philadelphia and, and shifting a, approximately a thousand times yes on straightaways you know because well, he has a he has a 16 speed ferrari apparently i don't know and and you know you have to play the whole song you know there, there's no easy way out we, we have to hear the whole version of that oh movie, so. i see what you did there i see what you did uh, there you're welcome i'm here all week <laughs> <laughs> Try the veal. Um, so yeah, no, I, I I'm kind of interested in this. And the, the additional watch. footage, real quick, is uh, the initial fight between Carl Weathers, Apollo Creed, and Dolph Lundgren's Drago will have more footage. Okay. I thought right. I had read somewhere that there was going to be footage of a, of the the Apollo Rocky sparring match that they did, but I'm not seeing it in this article. So. Uh, huh. Maybe I had that wrong, but anyways, yeah. So there'll be some extra footage, and uh, it'll be interesting. So it's supposed to come out. Uh, not really saying when it's coming out. Well, did my research. Any word where it'll be? Like I'm, I'm guessing it'll be. They're gonna try and get it in theaters, and a few things have made some money, but I'm possibly. Yeah, there, there's actually no date on this. It just says. Uh, let's see, release plans for the new cut of the film and the key point were not immediately revealed, but a 2021 release seems likely. That's, that's all it says. There's no, yeah. Yeah. They're biding so, their time. Okay. They are. They are. But Which Rocky versus Drago, yeah. it's coming. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. I mean, they, it's not like they're in a rush. It's not like anyone is really breaking down the gates for this movie. Yeah. It'll make money when, it, when it goes out, whether it's, you know, streaming, it'll probably get a few eyeballs that way. And, you know, it'll goose somebody's numbers and it'll you put it in the theaters. And as long as we get to a point where there's enough people vaccinated and <laughs> there's any movie theaters left open at that point, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. kind of the thing that's in doubt right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You know, then we'll see. Indeed. And finally, uh, we have a franchise uh, that, that may be getting its own movie treatment soon from from way back back in our time, our, our childhood from the mid 80s. The Thundercats may be getting a big screen treatment. Uh, Director Adam Wingard of Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh, This Mm -hmm. will be his next project. And uh, I'm I'm, I'm curious about this. You know, we're we're at a point in time where the the, the CGI capabilities and and what they can do in films is top notch. And so it'll be interesting to see if they can put something together that looks good and has a good story to it. Yeah, well, the story is going to be the key. I mean, because they've tried to do this with a couple different like retreads of the the toy universe, which is kind of like it was always back in the '80s. Like, hey, we got some toys that were, you mm-hmm. know, in the case of the Transformers, like here's a bunch of toys that are in Japan. We're going to group them together. And we're going to repackage them for America and sell them. Let's make a TV show out of it, and that'll sell toys. So it was like great half hour long weekly toy commercials or same with gi joe where it's like yeah this is just to sell toys and you get into some of these other shows like thundercats again it it was a toy commercial because they you know like he-man and everything else man if you if you go and you try and do like transformers or the gi joe movies they did and you ain't got a halfway decent story Mm -hmm. 
it ain't the same. It's no. not the same trying to get people to go to a movie theater and shell out money as it is when you've got just kids sitting at home after they get out of school because that's when all these shows were on, like just perfectly timed for like when you were you got off the bus, you got in the got in the house, turned on the TV, and like oh Transformers, you know oh yeah. GI Joe's on. Yeah. It ain't the same. So hopefully the story's good. Hopefully the uh, the CGI won't. If if this is going to be a live action type of affair, hopefully it's not on the level of Cats because oh geez, I've I have yet to I have not watched that movie. I'm kind of I kind of want to watch it because. It just seems like it's so horrible. I should bear witness, mm. but hopefully it's better than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I'm all in for it. I was a big fan of the show growing up, so I'm I'm curious. Yeah, and and one thing that's interesting, I I was kind of poking through this article from from SciFi.com. So Wingard's vision for the future of Thundercats also doesn't include any live action components. So this may not be live action. Okay. He says he wants well, to do Thundercats film. Yeah, that takes you back to the '80s aesthetic. He doesn't want to reinvent the way they look. Uh, I mm-hmm. want to do a movie you've never seen before, a hybrid CGI film that has a hyper-real look and somehow bridges the gap between cartoon and CGI. Ah, that's the thing that makes me nervous, man. Yeah. That that uncanny valley area. Like, it could be really cool. Ugh. Could really be. Yeah. <laughs> could really be just uh, awful. I don't know. Let me see. Uh, they haven't started on a script yet, so which puts them further ahead than the BSG show on Peacock. Ah, yes. I was wondering if we were going to get an update on that. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so so Thundercats uh, coming further ahead than BSG. Yeah, so it's it's more of a, instead of Thundercats, ho, it's Thundercats, ho? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Is, is that appropriate? I don't know. Uh, All right. And that, my friends, is The Week in Geek. Well, thank you, good sir, for once again scouring the interweb, sleuthing your way around the IP addresses of the world and bringing the news to us and so that we can talk about it weeks after everything has happened. Uh, that, that is why I'm here and why I get paid the big bucks. <laughs> oh, wait. Because you're, as you mathematicians remember... You're getting paid remember, off of this? Wait a minute. Time uh, out. As you mathematicians remember, when you multiply anything by zero, the answer is always zero. So... <laughs> Even I knew that one. <laughs> Show you how far down that le- that knowledge level is. <laughs> boy, even Todd gets that. Wow, that oh, must be. Oh boy, that must be some basic stuff right there. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, we uh, we are now, of course, getting into the meat of the subject matter at hand, which was the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or if you watched all the way through to the end, mm. Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. So needless to say, this will be spoilerific. So even though this will be coming out a week after the episode, if you haven't seen everything, it goes without saying, don't complain to us when we spoil things for you, okay? Just, if, if you haven't watched this a week after it's out, I just don't think you care enough. That's <laughs> just my personal opinion. You don't like it. No judgment. <laughs> oh, no, not, none at all. None at all. None at all. I mean, you know, you just don't care. Stanley is looking down from the heavens at you and just shaking his head and in disappointment at you and muttering under his breath. Tony stank. Oh, sorry. <laughs> A little little tear coming down his cheek. <laughs> You're making Stanley cry in heaven if you aren't watching. Uh, oh, no, let's not. Let's not Lord. try and guilt trip too much here. Anyway, Lord, Lord knows they don't need to make any more money. They're doing quite well for themselves, I think. So first question, sir, was the series what you expected? Um, in some ways, yes. In some ways, 
it was pleasantly unexpected. Uh, yeah, so the series, there were elements to it that I expected to happen. I think those tended to center on, you know, this this arc being about Sam and Bucky accepting who they are and accepting kind of, you know, in Bucky's case, accepting his past and making amends for it. And in Sam's case, accepting his future and mm-hmm. what uh, and what he is, you know, meant to be. Uh, and, and, you know, really taking to heart when Steve Rogers handed the shield over what that, you know, what that means. And, and, and really, you know, what, what was an unexpected part of it, and we'll get into it a little bit in, in, you know, some of these later points is, is kind of the journey Sam goes on to get to that point. You know, like yes. he, he, it's not so much about him not wanting it and, and feeling he's unworthy there were, there was a lot of layers that were kind of addressed throughout these six episodes mm. um, that really, or five episodes, where he really got to the point of acceptance. And kudos to Marvel for kind of addressing some of the more difficult ones. Um, yeah. It, it, it really kind of gave it uh, a depth, the fact that they, 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 get, they got into, you know, the subject of race. They got into, you know, Isaiah Bradley, which we'll talk about in a minute. I, I really feel like getting into those topics really helped the story, you know, have some depth to it and not feel like kind of a very, how do I say it? Just, I don't mean to say the word polished. I don't know why polished comes to mind, but to, to not go into that depth would kind of make the show stand out as more of a comic book retelling, you know, from, from some elements that they decided to, to pull from. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this one you know, yes, you know, the, 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 the source material from the comic books, but kind of woven into the reality of today and, mm. and really kind of bringing that out in a very tasteful and really thought provoking kind of way, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's what, in my mind, that's what has always made Marvel stand up head and shoulders above, you know, other franchises is just their ability to kind of bring, to kind of keep reality kind of woven into to their stories without it being overbearing. You know, it's still fantasy, it's still fiction, but there's, there's a, you know, the heart of the story tends to be around, you know, real world issues. And, and it, you know, it's one of the reasons why Black Panther was so successful and so good because they, they really mm. did a nice, nice job, you know, looking at, at, you know, some, some, you know, some difficult issues there. So, so yeah, so for me, um, you know the the expectation of of it was going to be a journey of identity for the two, that was met. Um, I I think some of the other twists and turns it took I wasn't expecting, and quite honestly, once we get to the real and the jabroni, you'll see that I was way off on some things. So, uh, oh, you're not alone in that one, sir. What say you, sir? How what was the series what you were expecting? Uh, no, not at all, not at all. But then again, I I tend to have. Um, Maybe it's you could call it a, a naive a, a naiveness a naivete if you will naivete. even if you, if you even if you won't towards a lot of these things I kind of think of it as a willful ignorance when I I, I don't I try not to form a lot of opinions going into something and even though we made a lot of predictions I really didn't put honestly I didn't put a lot of time into thinking about these I just tried to rattle them off and then I honestly tried to forget them because I like going into a movie or a TV show and not having all these expectations and also or as as few as possible you know and then even in the show trying to not 
think about how it's going to turn out. I don't want to think ahead. I don't want to try and do all that stuff as I'm watching it. I just want to enjoy the thing. And then afterwards, I'll be like, that stunk. You know, so, you know, I, I really didn't have a lot of expectations or even though we've made these predictions, I really wasn't thinking that much about, oh, how, what's going to happen? But man, it was, it was not exactly real. It was not what I thought. And I think one of the things that when you were just talking, it always feels like, Mar- like Marvel manages to ground their characters within the universe mm-hmm. that they've that they've built and that the characters themselves feel like real characters even when they're extraordinary or you know these you know outrageous characters they feel grounded within the world yeah. you know you yeah. you believe them and they fit within everything so they they make the characters relatable and you can identify with them um, and i think that they 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 kind of continue the trend with all the captain america movies were, you know, of course the characters are grounded because that's what Marvel has done so well is, is flesh out these characters and make them live and breathe. But what they've managed to do is even in a, a, a part of the MCU where it all revol- revolves around a dude who took a magic serum and then got zapped with some, you know, radiation, turns into a super soldier, mm-hmm. it always felt like this was the most grounded, realistic kind of part of the world because it dealt with issues of politics mm-hmm. of kind of the stuff happening in world war ii and 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 it just it always felt like this is the more grounded area now granted you've got a talking you know sentient raccoon in one area <laughs> of this of this universe you've got the all-knowing wizard who can control time mm-hmm. uh so you know you've got a demigod demigods i should say because we got him and his bro um so Granted, it doesn't take much to then say, this is the more realistic area. Well, yeah, um, of course it is, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) because there's no talking, walking, furry creatures in this part of the universe. But they really kind of continue that with this show and got into more of those issues and more stuff that comes from a historical perspective, which grounds it even more. Um, and, And when you were talking about identity, too, like this show is all about identity. And mm-hmm. I, it's something I hadn't really thought about till you you brought it up. You know, Bucky is trying to figure out who he is. You mm-hmm. know, not only not being the Winter Soldier, but not having Steve around. Um, right. Right. And Sam is trying to figure out who he is. Mm-hmm. And then you have just the idea of the entire world, as we'll talk about kind of in in a little bit, trying to figure out who they are. Now that we're talking about post blip, all these people coming back, and how does the world work right now? Yeah. Um, so yeah. it's so much about identity on various levels. I mean, it wasn't what I expected, but it was. It, it, I I really agree. It was what we needed. What we needed to really get us to a point where we explored the the Falcon character, Winter Soldier character. Mm-hmm. We get a further painting in of the tapestry in this. Well, you don't paint a tapestry. <laughs> I was doing real well there until I started to mix metaphors. Uh, just scrambled out those eggs. Uh, but you know, as they're as they're kind of, you know, drawing in this section of mm-hmm. the universe, man, it just it really does help you figure out who these characters are, yeah. and and where things are heading, or or at least give you a gives you a, a solid foundation for the next step for all of these characters. Um, yeah, and- so it was great. I thought. Yeah, and, and and the point you brought up about the blip is is really good because, you know, again with with the way Marvel d- does storytelling, I I often wonder if they just have like a massive whiteboard with just all these like you know story nodes, you know, kind of you know this like big like long tree structure of of stories mm. and things. But you know, it's 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 so funny how 
you know, you, you watch the end of Avengers Endgame and it's like the good guys win, they thwart Thanos, they bring back everyone, and the good guys win, yay. And then they take that very event and now that mm-hmm. event becomes a whole point of storytelling for not just this show, but it was brought up in WandaVision, it was brought mm-hmm. up in Spider-Man, Far From Home, yep. um, where they're starting to get into the repercussions of this sort of thing and that it isn't all rosy and that it isn't all perfect, that there's a consequence. You know, I, I think I think Tony Stark says it in Avengers Endgame, you know, you, you mess with time and time tends to mess back, you know, and mm-hmm. and so while returning everyone, you know, morally was was a victory. Now there's a whole lot of other issues to be sorted out. And this was the yeah. right show to kind of put that as a focus. Um, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to it being one of the motivating factors behind the antagonists. Um, yeah. So I thought that was really good. But one thing I want to jump back to is I, I, I don't I don't know what your thought is, but I I thought it was telling at the very end when when they, they flash up Falcon and the Winter Soldier and then the Falcon disappears and you see Captain America. Yeah. That they didn't do that for the Winter Soldier. And I think when you when when I go back to when he talks to um I gotta look his name up real quick, uh, Yori. When mm-hmm. when Bucky at the very end of, of that last episode goes to Yori and he and the way he tells him that I am your son's killer mm. is that he tells him that the winter soldier killed your you know, he murdered your son. Yeah. And the winter soldier was me. Like mm-hmm. like I think that was a really telling point that you know, not only making amends, but accepting that this is who he is and that he didn't yeah. have control. Yeah. And 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 why they, they didn't remove the Winter Soldier name and put Bucky or something silly up there. Because, you know, not that he's going to go around calling himself that, but I think there's just now an acceptance of his past and, and that, you know, that symbolic gesture of leaving the gift bag for his, his counselor to basically say, you know, he's worked through the whole book. Of, of people that he had to make amends for. So yeah. Um, so now he's ready to move on with his future because his past has been dealt with. So so I thought that was just kind of an interesting detail that he, he didn't just come out and say that I killed a, a, you know killed your son. It was it was you know he starts by saying the Winter Soldier and the Winter Soldier was me. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, which I, makes I total him. sense. Yeah. I mean because that was he was Bucky before that, and then uh-huh. this this personality was grafted onto him and was essentially just, you know, a, a form of mind control to, yeah. to force him to do these things and take advantage of his abilities. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons why they didn't change that to like, you know, Captain America and Bucky, you know, is because at the end of this, Sam has accepted that he is now going to be Captain America. He has accepted that mantle. He's done the all the work of of going through that and debating it and and going through that. And now, yes, I am willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think where Bucky has done all of he's done the work. He's gone in. He's made amends, and I think he's kind of managed to to make some degree of peace mm-hmm. with who he was and who he is now. Yep. I don't think he's really. I I think that the next question is he really who is he going to be now. Yeah. And I think that's the part that's unsettled. So he's still kind of the Winter Soldier, or he's somewhere in between. But yeah. he hasn't accepted a new identity. He hasn't kind of figured out what that new identity is yet. So that's why it makes sense for me that they would just keep it the Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah. 
either that or maybe it's going to be a matter of he still is the he's the winter soldier but in a way he's trying to redeem he's trying to redeem himself as the winter soldier and what that actually means going forward right right I could be again looking at how many of the predictions that I made I was wrong on. Take that with a whole shaker full of salt, if you will. Oh boy, yeah, That's those th- th- those those thunderbolts were interesting, weren't they? <laughs> oh boy, please don't remind me of that. That's the thunderbolts. I'm, I'm not the are, same person I was five weeks ago. Okay, it's th- totally different. <laughs> the thunderbolts are are this series Mephisto. <laughs> oh my, yes, 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 they are. But I think I think what you're getting into with the blip mm-hmm. is it's so great because especially having these shows because they did they did bring this up in uh, you know just for a moment and we talked about it in in a previous episode in Spider-Man Far From Home they brought back you know kind of what the blip meant but they played it for laughs which yeah, is yeah. what you're going to do in Spider-Man movies mm-hmm. because that's that's not the thing they're going to get serious about they're going to get serious about stuff with Peter Parker but then to bring it in WandaVision and to have that moment and and to sh- kind of show what the trauma and the confusion mm-hmm. of the bl- of the blip uh, happening was eye-opening but they yeah. didn't it's not like it was the focus of anything and then here even though it is kind of the driving force behind the antagonist and it is referred to constantly throughout it's not just about that so i think it's a great it's great how they've managed to work that through and to to further mm-hmm. um show what that means for the world without beating you over the head with it like they give you just right. enough here and there that it becomes part of the overall overall world building rather than like here we're just going to hit you over the head with you know humanitarian and political crises mm-hmm. and and what that means you know well and, and, it's, and it's a great oh go ahead no i was gonna say and and, and like the the view they gave us with monica like they use the character of monica rambeau yeah to to show us here is someone who was gone for the five years she comes back and her mother mm-hmm. passed away you know yeah. so so she's now experienced loss of not only time but also of of a family member, and she had no control over it. Um, yes, and so yeah, so so you know, like from from Wandavision, you know, to to take you know again, I, I kind of use that 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 tree diagram on a whiteboard of you know now you know she becomes another story node where it's like now we get to see her you know story mm-hmm. and what she's going to become and you know for for this show yeah it, it was it was really an interesting way and and it just kind of speaks to I, I know we joke about rumor mongers and all this sort of thing but it really does like having watched WandaVision in this show it really does show you how much we as fans just overthink this stuff oh yeah and yeah. And, and how much we're always looking for you know to predict that 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 aha moment or or that twist like as if you know that that's the point of the story i mean mm-hmm. the fact that they focused you know the antagonist focus was really on the fact that they were trying to fight what the government body was doing in terms of dealing with the 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 population surge now because there's all these people back and there's a real problem because some of the people that came back they don't have a home anymore yeah. You know, like like their home was inhabited by someone who didn't go in the snap. And so now what do you do? You know, do, mm-hmm. do you give them everything back and displace someone else? Or do you, you know what I mean? It's like it's a really interesting conundrum to kind of have to think about and to think about on a worldwide scale. Like, what would you do in this sort of situation and what and, and how how should it be handled? Yep. 
and and the 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 great thing that Marvel has done is every time that they're trying to give you a bit more of that story, mm-hmm. they do it through a character. It's not just like you know, oh, and then this thing happened to millions of people. No, this thing happened to millions of people, and let's see it through the eyes of this person. You know, seeing it through the eyes of Monica Rambeau was what made that just so like harrowing because you're like, you can see it in her face, like everything that's going on around her. And even even though there's all this confusion, it's focused on her trying to find her mother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're right there with her. And then to get that gut punch of this happened and your mother is dead. Right. And just to have all of that land on her immediately. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And then in here, you have the Flag Smashers, but you have everything with Carly. And you have just this whole thing playing out. And it's it's all about her being willing to sacrifice herself, her friends, and all of this for this cause. She believes in it that much. Right. And so it, it's, it takes a, a huge humani- a worldwide humanitarian crisis, but it, brings it, ver- it makes it very personal. Yeah. So that as a, as a viewer, you're like, I'm with this person, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to like what DC did in Wonder Woman 84, where all this stuff is happening and we don't really, I mean, we kind of see it through the perspective of Wonder Woman, kind of, kind of, mm-hmm. but not really. A lot of it is almost like just disaster movie wide shots and all that. And stuff is happening and, you know, people are dying or this and that and the other, but you don't really think of it that much because you're like, well, I, I don't even know who any of these people are. So they're just random people falling into a crevice, you know, in, in a, in a, you know, like a earthquake movie or something like, Oh, eh, okay. Yeah. Whoever, whoever that was. Well, and, and it's funny you bring up wonder woman 84 because the, 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 the whole thing they did with bringing back, um, what's the actor's name who played her love interest? Um, Chris Pine, Chris Pine. Yeah. Bringing him back in the way they did was just like, like that is an example of, of how a story device can completely obliterate just the mm-hmm. the depth and and um, heart of, of a story. It was so hard to be invested in a story like that because it was such an off the wall sort of thing to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And 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 that's what I mean when when you know for as as wacky or as crazy as these shows get in terms of the the mystical or the sci-fi or, or the technical, you know, technology wise or whatever that the, the, you know, as we said, that's the, the, the consistent theme there is there's heart, there's depth, and there's a, a deeper story they're, they're trying to tell through it without Mm -hmm. using cheap gimmicks, which, you know, when, when you, if, if listeners have heard our WandaVision episodes and then what we did here, you know, with the real and the jabroni, you know, it's all, I mean, some of these rumors are just so ridiculous. It's just it's just so outside of the realm of, again, here's a very direct story that they were telling, and there wasn't a lot of gimmickry to it. You know what I mean? It wasn't mm-hmm. about, you know, Doctor Strange showing up or one of the X-Men showing up. It was just about a journey of identity and, and, and also kind of a, a journey, you know, kind of pushing us along here a little bit, a journey of, of, of empathy... And, and compassion because it's very interesting how Sam views Carly. You know, mm. like he is trying mm-hmm. to save her. He is not trying to kill her. He is not trying to defeat her, but he is trying to be the hero he needs to be for the world, but also save her from the, the misguided nature of where she is. And and that's something else that Marvel has done well with their villains is the best villains have actually some pretty good arguments 
for why they're – I mean, Thanos is, is one right right there. I mean, mm-hmm. when I, you, you go back to what he says to um, – um, gosh, what's her name? His daughter. Um, Gamora. Gamora about the, the, the calculus of the resources of the universe. I mean, he's not wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> there, the, there, the, there's a finite amount of stuff. So it's yeah. like, you know, and, and Carly wasn't wrong 100%, but the way she was going about doing it was not the right thing to do. Yeah. I mean, the best, the best villains or the, not the best, but the ones that are most interesting and that kind of have the most legs story-wise yeah. are the ones who they actually 100% believe in what they are doing and saying and they think they think they're the hero in their story yes. and and just turns out they're not yeah. you know Carly is is totally in that I mean she thinks that she is the hero yeah and as as Sam kind of points out like she also might have a point in some of what you know or you have to at least consider when someone is willing to die mm-hmm. for this you just can't brush that off right i mean if you do it's at your own peril right. whether you want to listen to them or whether you just want to try and account for someone who is that that dedicated to this premise if you completely ignore them that is going to be that is going to be to your detriment it's going to bite you in the butt eventually right right agreed and um yeah i just oh man it's so great and the, just the consequences you know hang they they, they continue you know, it's like when we would watch Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. they never like pulled into, you know, you never saw like shiny new Galactica after they, we stopped and made repairs at this one planet and we found the ore that we needed right. to, to patch the old gal back up. Now she's shiny and new. It was never like the Enterprise, every episode of, of Next Generation where shiny and new every single time. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if the Borg like destroyed half of it the week before it's, oh, we pulled into space dock and they fixed it. Yeah. Every single thing that happened on that show hung around. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't have water. They still don't have water six six episodes later because they still ain't found water. You know, they're short on vipers. They're still short on vipers. Mm-hmm. You know, they're short on pilots, or they never they never managed to fix the right flight pod on Galactica that was turned into the museum. It never was fully functional. Right after that, never like it through the entire run of the show. So it's. You know, when you can do that, as opposed to something like Wonder Woman 84, where it's like, and then everyone's all better. Say what? Every yeah. single on the per- person on the planet just had their mind messed with yeah. and went through this cataclysmic event. And then and then a month later, everyone's fine. Yeah. Um, no, that's not how life works. No. 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 <laughs> that's not how anything works. So, again, well, Marvel and- just basically handing DC their, you know, taking their lunch money. Every single time. <laughs> well, and 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 to 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 that point you just made, um, and, and we don't really have it here in, in our outline, but but I I really enjoyed the interactions with Zemo, Sam, and Bucky. Mm, uh, yes. And how and, and again to and, and I say it's to your point because, uh, and and to my point about how Marvel just has these you know you know they they take characters or they take concepts and they just build stories off of them, even though like you know, you go back two years and that thing was just kind of a tangential thing that happened. Now they take that tangential thing that happened, the blip, and they blow it up into its own story with its own consequences. Zemo was interesting because here's a villain that really was the guy who caused the Avengers to to split and who Mm -hmm. really, you know, kind of single-handedly ripped them apart because of, you know, past actions by Bucky and so forth. 
and yet here in 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 the show he's you know he he's talking with them you know they 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 begrudgingly have to free him and they have to work with him because they're trying to sort out you know like what is going on with the flag smashers and and you know what is going on with the with the serum and the conversations that they have like especially the one where Zemo is talking about the fact that you know Carly t- has taken the serum she is now going down a path um oh gosh i forget the term he uses but she she's going down a path of extremism or something like that you know what i mean and mm. and and the whole the like that whole discussion they have and when i forget if it was sam or bucky brings it up but you know like, like well this didn't happen with steve rogers and and he's like and zemo's like you're right but there's only been one steve rogers we have not yes. seen a second person take that serum and have the sense of honor and responsibility of what that means and and it was also interesting to hear or to see his reaction when when he asked Sam the question. He's like, "If you had the serum, would you take it?" And he's like, "No, I wouldn't." And he's like, "Like, like he he has a respect for him, you know, because mm. he sees like, okay, you get it. You 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 aren't seeking the power. Therefore, if you received it, you would not turn into you know a monster, which is what ends up happening." Yeah, um, which is which goes back to you know Erskine's whole thing with Steve is you know. Uh, a, a person who's always had great power doesn't respect it as much. Someone who's never had power, you know, or who's never had that strength, they respect that. Which I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's a little dubious. You could probably find a lot of examples, you know, to the contrary. But for the purposes of the story, yeah, it does make sense because you know Steve has always been the undersized, you know, little twerp getting his butt kicked. And then when he gets that power, he kind of understands what that means, right. you know, to be in that other, the other side of that. Yeah. And while Sam isn't, you know, some little twerp getting his butt handed to him, you know, in a back alley of, you know, Brooklyn, you, he, he's never had that power and he's gone through loss. And he, as, as someone who's counseled veterans, he kind of sees like the wreckage of the human being that happens through trauma and through, you know, warfare and all that. So yeah, he probably is the closest person that we've seen in the Marvel universe where you're like, you know what, if we got to have one more super soldier, mm-hmm. wouldn't mind to be in that guy. Right. right. He, he seems like he's, he's got his head screwed on. Right. You mm-hmm. know? So yeah, no. And I agree. And I, I, that's what makes Zemo so interesting in this because he is that kind of <laughs> very calm sort of villain that he, he makes some good points mm-hmm. And you're always just waiting for him to turn. You're just waiting for him. Yeah. And uh, and even the way that they kind of played him off at the Sokovia monument was was just it's so perfect because that is Zemo. Like he's yeah. just like, yep, I'm you know, even though I'm rich in all of this, it's like it's time, you know. Yeah. And you know, again, a great villain because he comes from you know his backstory is very understandable and relatable. I mean, he he's someone who was negatively impacted by the heroic work of the Avengers. So mm-hmm. even though they won, you know, when, when it came to Ultron, there was a lot of blow ba- you know, blowback or, or a lot of consequence to, to their victory over Ultron. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, and, and he was one of those casualties in terms of his family dying and then turning in, turning, having that turn him into this person who was obsessed with, with basically, you know, breaking the Avengers up and, and, and really working toward eliminating the superific sort of, you know, skills or, or qualities that exist with these heroes that, you know, his, his, his whole thing about not 
I'm not saying it the right way, but but his 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 desire to see augmented humans, for example, not not be because there there's mm. something wrong with that. You know what I mean? Like like that yeah. that whole idea again is understandable to a degree, but you know, again, the way they go about doing it is what really defines them as a villain. So true, definitely. Um, another thing I kind of wanted to bring up. I mean, we don't have to go too dark, too far into this one, but um, kind of the expanding and important role of Sam Wilson in the in the MCU, and then and then Anthony Mackie as as the actor who's kind of brought this character to life, and and what this means to him, and and what he means now to the MCU going forward. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, when we first saw Sam Wilson in in Captain America: Winter Soldier. You know, he was just the dude that Cap kept lapping (laughs) as he's running around Washington, D.C. And, you know, counseling veterans and kind of became a sidekick for Cap and and all of that. And that was great. And he was always the sidekick. And, you know, Ant-Man kicked his butt and, you know, a little cameo that he had in Ant-Man. And that was kind of funny and cool. And Tic Tac. Yeah. (laughs) He's always been, you know, he's always been, you know, Steve's kind of running buddy. Right. But then to, to to kind of go more into it, like he's also had this outsized role when you really think about it. Mm-hmm. Because when we see Steve Rogers uh, at the beginning of Endgame, after you know realizing like, oh, this is the world, the, the half of the universe is gone. Mm. What is what is Captain America? What is the the greatest soldier who has ever lived doing? He's counseling people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't think that Sam had an effect on him? Yeah. I mean, before he would have been out trying to fight and you know maintain. And at this point, you kind of see like this is what I can do because yeah. I can I can relate and I can relate to loss and this is how I can help people in this situation. And and then just in terms of story wise, uh, folks, uh, hate to tell you, but if if you might think Falcon is just kind of a, a B or C level character. We don't get quite the same impact of that endgame portal scene without that crackly radio and all of a sudden hearing on your left mm-hmm. and then realizing where that came from like six, seven movies before that. Right. And the relationship and how happy, you know, Cap is to see his friend is alive. Yeah. yeah. And how that hits him emotionally. And I mean, crap. I've seen that movie a dozen times and I'm getting spine tingles and goosebumps right now just thinking about that scene. Mm-hmm. And it's because of those characters and what those characters mean to each other. And Falcon, what, Sam Wilson was that that guy to Captain America, yeah. you know? And, I mean, as we saw, like, Captain America before that was just, like, about... I mean, he was still going to face down Thanos and his army with a busted shield and, <laughs> and, a, and a hammer, right? you know, all by his lonesome... But all of a sudden, now he's got his friend back. It's like, all right, maybe I can do this. And all yeah. you know, there's a little bit more energy there for him to actually carry on. And man, that is, I mean, when you think about it, just being that much a part of that moment is huge. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then, of course, Anthony Mackie as the actor, if I'm remembering this right, and granted, I didn't get a chance to research this, but he was actually, he was like petitioning hardcore to be in these movies. Like he really wanted to be in it because he's a, a comic books fan. Oh, really? And to play, you know, to get the character and then to wind up becoming Captain America mm-hmm. and what that, all that that means. I mean, Captain America is no B-level character in the Marvel Universe. That yeah. is one of the biggies. And has a long storied history and now 
that you've been from like, I really want to be in these movies to like, holy crap, I am Captain effing America. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is crazy. And how much, and I love how he's always played Sam Wilson. Like, mm-hmm. Sam is, is, he's as close to being like Steve Rogers as kind of the good man, but has that, has that, has his own personality. He has his own sort of thing and just who he is. And I've always just appreciated his character and, and just kind of the depth and the, the texture that is brought to, you know, the dynamic of, of their relationship and just to the, the scenes that he's in. Like, it, it's, it's so great just what he has done as an actor with that character, but also just what that character has done for the MCU. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you talk about how, how he's played it and I really enjoyed, and it really stood out in, in the sixth, you know, final episode of, of the series of the season. Um, cause we don't know if there's going to be another season. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but the way, you know, the confidence he, he has switched into and portrays now in, in that last episode compared to the way he was in episode one of, of the series, mm. um, was just you know just just excellent acting i mean you go from the guy who who doesn't feel comfortable with the idea of taking on the mantle who feels wrong taking this on and and who who wants to basically just you know give the shield over to the government to put into a museum Mm. and then to see him in action in that last episode and and you know the way you know he has that conversation with with the government leaders and how he just has, you know, again, he's not trying to be Steve Rogers, but there's just a element of leadership there and of confidence that he he wasn't playing up before. You mm. know what I mean? Well, and a and a very strong moral core and conscience, which is yes. it's totally shared with with Steve Rogers. Yes, yes, yeah. Qualities of Steve, but while but with it being Sam. And but but it being Sam as someone who is who is accepted what, what yes. he is to take on now and become and is comfortable in it. Um, yeah, was was a great, you know, evolution of his character and just, you know, just phenomenal acting by Anthony Mackie to just kind of have that be like a, a like a new gear. He shifted the character into now, you know, which, which yeah. we haven't seen before. Yes, and and not really, still maintaining who the character is, just yes. as this now. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, it was, it was a great, it was a great journey to go on. It was. And, I, and, I enjoyed all that. And and you know, it's kind of telling the John Walker character how how stark of a difference there was, um, where it's a guy playing the Steve Rogers character. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like. Yes. He, the things he's doing, he's emulating. You know, he, mm-hmm. he's not and and they, they they did a nice job with his character because it is nuanced and it is what what he ends up going through and you know, especially when he's standing in front of the tribunal or whatever and he's getting stripped of all of his benefits and all of his accolades because of the decision he made. Um mm-hmm. You can't help but feel for the character, but but the character, you know, also showed like when you don't put thought into what you're about to take on and you don't understand what you're the responsibility of what you're really taking on, you end up just playing this kind of empty role. And and I thought it was really interesting with John Walker that it was always about, you know, commanding respect because he was Captain America rather than Mm -hmm. just being Captain America. 
Yes. Yeah. And I think not necessarily... Well, yeah, and I think see, it's hard for me to say not understanding the thankless job that it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there is an element to that, but I think it, it just does come down to like this guy really he didn't he didn't think it was going to turn out this way, right? And and of course, also having been you know Medal of Honor recipient and you know top of the heap when it comes to being an elite soldier, and then coming up against those super soldiers and realizing. I don't match up. I used to think I was the best, and now I can't even compete. Right, right. And and just being disillusioned on that level. Um, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting way for that character to go. Mm-hmm. Agreed, agreed. And then, of course, we we go from there to, of course, continuing with Sam and and the the inclusion of Isaiah Bradley, which is one one that, man, you you nailed this. I should have got plus this. 50 for this one. This was such a, uh, such, such, like, like, like such a just pull it out of nowhere sort of thing. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I was right. <laughs> you, I, I don't know about 50. I would have given you an extra five for this one. Oh, uh, I, I have no idea what the breakdown was in points or anything. But, um, yes, I think you nailed this one. And I thought it and – it, and it added so much, so much to the story because it just – oh, my gosh. Again, the the episode where we finally got the reveal of Isaiah Bradley was then like, okay, if you didn't think that race was going to be a component of this story, mm. if if you didn't, if you hadn't gotten maybe some hints at this point, yep. let's why don't we just put it on a billboard for you and just be, yeah, this is what it is about, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that that whole thing was just amazing, yeah. um, and added so much depth. And gives you this this idea of like, oh wow, we've always thought of Captain America as this this shiny, wonderful thing, mm-hmm. and there is an underside to this that is like maybe you don't want to necessarily know how the sausage got made, right? You know that right. that yeah, we got we got Captain America, but then what? We already know that the Hulk was kind of a, an attempt to duplicate the serum. We we saw what happened with Red Skull. Mm-hmm. Not so well. I mean, although he had that nice vacation place on Vormir, so I guess, you know, whatever. But of course they're going to try to continue to replicate that. And of course you're going to mess it up. And of course you're looking at that time and era and, you know, mm-hmm. there's going to be some sh- there's going to be some bad stuff happening. Yep. And yep. wow. And especially then, even after they left the... Then they left Isaiah Walker's house and then you have the thing happening with the cops yeah which was wow i mean i know that you know marvel doesn't know what's going to happen when these are being released but oh my gosh yeah yeah wow um Mm -hmm. tying into the real world probably uh, a little too uncomfortably for people but you know what i think that's a good thing Mm -hmm. i think being uncomfortable can be a gift sometimes um and and it'll actually make you reevaluate things but yeah and the idea of bringing race into the Marvel universe totally warranted, I think, and uh, you know had been had been addressed, of course, in Black Panther. But really, that's about it, because <laughs> it's not like there was a uh, you know. Let's face it the the Marvel universe pretty white bread, mm-hmm. um, with mm-hmm. the exception of characters here and there, and of course, then bringing Wakanda into into the mix. Yeah, it's it's a thing, and it's in the universe, and we know that 
you know, Marvel likes to try and keep some some stuff relatable to our universe. So yeah. it was a it was a matter of time, and I think it was handled really well here. Yeah, I I, I agree. I mean, I think, um, and, and I agree. Black Panther was was dealing with a different aspect of that. Yes, you know, especially with you know Killmonger wanting to you know share all of this stuff as opposed to keep it to yourself you know and 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 just how how the two of them just kind of grew up very differently yes um, and, and well, it was on a global scale you yeah. know because it that it's like you had the power right all these years to maybe prevent some of this happening on a global scale and nothing yeah. was done yep you know and yep. this 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 is a bit more scale down and personal but it's still a, a yeah yeah no, yeah totally. and, and and i think i think in episode five when sam brings the shield and he sits and has a conversation with with mm. isaiah and you know he sees the the physical damage from the testing that was done to him mm-hmm. and that conversation they have and just that that very kind of damning line from him at the end about at the end of the conversation about how um, and I'm, my my brain oh, no. is not working tonight. When they're when they're when he says they're never going to let a black man be black uh, be Captain America, right. and no respecting black man would be Captain America. It, yes, yes. That's I, that's paraphrasing, but I I'm no, they, sure you, that's you you nailed it. I my brain is just not working tonight. But but that, that which was I it. mean yeah, that's that's like a that is a mic drop moment. Mm-hmm. That is and and I really feel like there was, I think it was in episode two or three when Sam and Bucky were sitting and there was that kind of funny interchange with the counselor there. But I almost felt like that was where Sam was going was his inability to accept Captain America was kind of steeped in that as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, like, would he be accepted as one um, mm-hmm. who was taking on that mantle? Um, mm-hmm. But but I I... I appreciated that they took an episode to focus on Sam's reconciling becoming this and, and yeah. doing it in different ways. You know, he had the conversation with Isaiah. He sees the history. He sees what Isaiah has been through and why he feels the way he feels. He, he you know, he, he knows what what a lot of folks have been through and, and, and what what you know, the country, you know, has, has, you know, it's history in, in that area. Mm-hmm. But then he also has that moment with the boat and bringing the community together and, and people working and helping them out, you know, as they, uh, as they're trying to do this. And so he just goes through this kind of journey of sorts that I think really helps, you know, him kind of get to a place. And again, I'm going to forget the line, but he, you know, when he's talking with his sister, you know, he talks about how, with all the sacrifices he's made, why, you know, it'd almost be a disservice to all the, the, the prior sacrifice to not continue fighting, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And, and if I got that right, um, no, you, yeah, I think you did, but then, but then for, for, for me and, and, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, it got a little dusty in the room when, when Sam takes him to the museum, takes Isaiah oh, to the museum and his, goodness, and his yeah. grandson, and they they walk into the, this wing that is in honor of Isaiah Bradley, mm-hmm. like that hug he gives him was just I, I don't know I, I felt it, you know what yeah. I mean? It, it was just so well done and it just so paid off on like their prior conversations and interactions with, you know, not just making it right in terms of people knowing who he is and and what role he had, but just 
you know, for, for Sam to, to, to see that he's hurting so much, you know, because of how he was so forgotten and and so not thought of and to bring that to light now and to make him known and remembered was just such a, you know, just a poetic thing that, that, that they did. Yeah. And I think it's, 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 it's him being forgotten, but also like him having to be forgotten. Like he knows that for quite a while, at least his survival depended on being forgotten on him, not being there. But I think it's an 80, 20 sort of thing. Like 80%. Yeah. I, I can't, no one can know about me if I want to, unless I want to go back to being in a cage or being taken out because it's, I'm an inconvenient bit of evidence of what happened. I'm, you know, we were not told that we were being experimented on. We were not, we were not told what that would be. We did not agree to it. We were just used as, as human test subjects without our consent, which anyone who wants to say, well, that didn't, you know, that's totally outlandish. Um, I'm, so, I'm sorry, but it isn't. It's happened. It has happened. Yep. And, you know, the United States government has done it. So you got to sit with that. Um, but the But the fact that then it becomes, there's that 20% where that becomes his way of, kind of identifying himself and wanting to remain hidden because then he he can kind of stay in that in the rage in the um that hurt right right and it's gotten so comfortable that I don't think he he wants to he, in, in some ways he doesn't want to know what what it would be like he just wants to stay wrapped up in that because at least it's it's what he knows and so when he, that hug totally right oh my gosh I was like it's it's extraordinarily emotional because there's all of that being released like yeah he is he is being seen he's being recognized people are going to know who he is and it's probably a little bit terrifying for him in some ways because now like well now what now who am i now that i'm not hidden now that i'm not the forgotten now what is it now again what's my identity going forward um Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was such a great scene. And and actually, Kevin Smith had called that. Uh, well, Kevin Smith and Mark Bernard, and they kind of tag teamed this. But that moment, they kind of called that a couple of weeks ago on their on Fat Man Beyond, and uh, referring to it in the same as uh, as actually no, it was Mark Bernard, and I think, or was it? I don't know. But anyways, uh, they talked about the the episode of Doctor Who where it's the Doctor and Vincent. Mm-hmm. Where Doctor Who goes back in time to Vincent Van Gogh, and then they at the end of the episode, you know, they're of course fighting an alien because it's Doctor Who, and that's what Doctor Who does. He shows up, and terrifying things seem to happen. Um, so if anyone shows up in a blue police box, you might want to find, you know, find another place to be for a while because something's gonna something is gonna happen, and Run. it'll be terrifying. Yes, uh, and but then at the end of the episode. They bring Vincent Van Gogh back to present day to a museum where they are doing this entire exhibit on Vincent Van Gogh. And they ask the person who is the curator of the museum, you know, what do you think of Vincent Van Gogh? And he essentially says he is the greatest single artist to have ever lived. Mm. And if you've read anything about Vincent Van Gogh, he was he was plagued by, you know, mental, emotional issues, yeah. uh, insecurity. He was not a, a success whatsoever in his time. He was disparaged and just, you know, f- probably died thinking that his 
art would just never be seen. And to have him hear that and then they come, then they bring him back and then they come back and they're expecting to, and uh, his companion is expecting to see new works like, oh, that must have helped him. And it turns out it didn't. Um, but just that it, they kind of related to that moment in there, like when he is looking around at all of his his works of art displayed in this prestigious uh, uh, museum, mm-hmm. and that was that same moment with Isaiah Bradley. And oh my gosh, I'm so glad that they were right about that. I was thinking like, nah, there's no way that'll happen. And mm-hmm. then it started happening. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's gonna happen. And it was it was beautiful. It was so beautiful. Well, and and in some ways, you know, it it, it speaks to what. You know, the I, I go back to the conversation with old, with older Steve Rogers and Sam, where, you know, you know, Sam says it feels like someone else's, and he says, you know, it's not when he talks about holding mm. the shield, and and I think what the series was showing too was Sam understands that Captain America operates at, at a bunch of different levels. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like he, mm-hmm. it's not just about going out and being the hero in public. You know that 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 Steve knows Sam's heart and and knows that Sam will, you know, isn't just going to carry the mantle for the title and for the, you know, for for the honor, you know, basically all the things that that John Walker was kind of carrying it for, but that you know when 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 faced with the ugly truth of of the past uh, of that program that he would deal with that in the same morally you know kind of directed way that he would deal with you know a thanos coming to earth you know what i mean mm. like, mm-hmm. like he, he just has that that heart about him and that that's the consistency in the character is you know he he knows you know he has a strong moral compass and you know to to do that for that character was just a, a very touching moment and and it was it, it it just paid off in that whole arc i mean it was um i wasn't really sure where they were going to take it but but to have him mm. be the device onto which they kind of explore, you know, the repercussions of, of, you know, race in, in this universe, um, you know, with this, the super soldier project, uh, and, and to have Sam kind of bring that full circle and, you know, not that it fixes everything, but, but it, it gets to the heart of, of just, you know, that, that the sacrifices made by the Isaiah Bradley character were, yes. were, were recognized. Yeah. And I think, and I probably should have prefaced this section uh, with this, that when we're, when we're talking about race here, let's just full disclosure, like as far as people trying to get into what this, you know, what this all means and then trying to give a perspective of, of how this fits into um, other people's experience, two white guys from New Hampshire originally mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> are not the ones who are going to tell you what this means to the black community. I'm not going to try to even pretend to, 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 to do that. What I thought was really interesting, though, was that moment when Bucky says to Sam, you know, when Steve and I talked about this, we didn't know what it would mean to give the shield to a black man. Yeah. And how could we? And right. then he, he apologizes. I, I think in... in, in I think what he's actually apologizing for in that is not necessarily like, I'm sorry that we, you know, gave the shield to you or we didn't put that thought into it or anything. I think he's, I think his character is kind of apologizing for the way that he's treated Sam and, and what Sam's journey has been and what, you know, saying like, I didn't, I didn't know what, how complicated this would be for you, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. But I think it's very interesting how that apology can also be like, 
it can be read as like, I'm sorry that I, we didn't think of that. I'm yeah. sorry that we weren't sensitive enough to, to even consider that, Yeah, you know, Agreed. because yeah. And, and I think that is at least a, that's a, I thought that was a really important moment because that's, that's something that, you know, if you're like us and, you know, a couple of white guys from New Hampshire can always be like, you know what? I didn't think of it that way. Mm-hmm. I did not consider that. Yep. I didn't see it. And, you know, I'm sorry that I didn't consider that, or I'm sorry that I may, maybe I tried to make pronouncements that, you know what, I probably shouldn't have been pronouncing. Um, so I thought that, that was an interesting thing that they added in there that they probably didn't have to, like they probably could have skipped out on that, but it was a really deft little touch. It was a nice little brush stroke that was like, Ooh, yeah. you can kind of read into that a little bit. And I thought that was, it was so well done, you know, agreed hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, you know, we don't need to talk too much about the redemption of the Winter Soldier, except yeah, we kind that, of already you know, did t- touch on this, right? Yeah, but I think it's it's important that you know, I, I thought the great scene in that was the scene with Zemo at the Sokovia Monument, mm-hmm. you know, and he really, it, it really is that like, I want to make sure that you know. And I think maybe it was a little putting himself to the test because, I mean, if you're Bucky in that moment after everything that you've gone through with Zemo, you know, forget about the fact of what happened with, you know, Civil War and all that. And like, you know, you told Tony Stark and this is why we were on the run for all this time. Even just like, you know what, in the last month or two, you've really pissed me off. Uh, (laughs) You know, Bucky was tempted to like, you know, all I would need is one bullet in the gun, just Mm -hmm. one, Mm -hmm. you know. I, you know, so a little bit of a test there maybe for himself, but I think it was, it was really that like, okay, he has as far as like, okay, I've put the winter soldier away, but then to further take that to when Sam talks to him and is like, you're just trying to avenge that you're trying to put right the wrongs of people that you know took advantage of you. You actually need to make amends and you need to go and be of service mm. to people. It's not about you making you feel better. It's about being of service to them, not necessarily making them feel better, but being of service, Yeah. which I thought was a really great, like, oh my gosh, that is such an, another little brushstroke that I'm like, damn, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. Oh, but that, that to me was like, then it's like, okay, you had the, the, the Sokovia monument sort of like, oh, well, see, he's, he's redeemed. Mm, I kind of think that was like part of it, but then it's, the deal is really sealed in that moment with, with Sam where he's like, oh, now I know what I have to do. Yeah. And that really pushes Bucky to then go and like, okay, I've got to do this really horrible thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was so good. Uh, really good storytelling. It you know, was. the more, the, the more we've talked about this, the more I'm just like, dang, I already thought it was good. Now I'm like, this is really good. I didn't mm-hmm. even realize. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course we get to, um, the part that was very uh, tough for us is, was to pin down, well, who's going to be the antagonist? And guess what? We just blew it on this on You're for wrong. various reasons. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Bernie. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. You're wrong. You're wrong. Uh, I, I'll actually have to post like the link to that because that is a great oh, – I just love that part, gosh. that debate where it's like, you know, what would you say? You're wrong. <laughs> and then he just pauses. And I'm like, wow. There you go. Right on. He's go. a man of few words, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we we hemmed and hawed around this, but it, it's pretty interesting going forward because we've got uh, not necessarily big bads, 
because we talked about that in in WandaVision, like, oh, who's going to be the big bad and coming out of this, like, you yeah. know, kind of Wanda might be set up as the big bad in Doctor Strange 2 or whatever. We didn't, I don't think we really got a big bad in this. We got a couple of second tier villains, though, mm-hmm. being set up that could be really interesting going forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, of course, would be Sharon Carter, a.k.a. the power broker, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Call her Val, but don't call her Val. Call say it in your head and don't actually say it. My gosh, Julie Louise Dreyfus was <laughs> such an unexpected surprise, but that was owned yeah. that those like two scenes that she's in. I'm just like yeah. just chewing scenery every which way. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And of course that is a aka Madam Hydra. Very nice. Uh, so the, and the interesting thing is apparently, I don't know how much you've you read uh, kind of a little background on on Madame Hydra, but apparently her and Nick Fury had a, had a little thing. Ah, all right. I so want a Sam Jackson, Julia Louis-Dreyfus scene. Oh, like gosh. I just want to watch those two just chew scenery around each other mm. as those characters. Yes, please. Yeah. I might even take a whole movie of that. I'm, I'm, that would be lovely. But yeah, so what do you think of this of, of this kind of coming out here of these these different antagonists springing up that we are we're gonna have to kind of cope with? Uh, the the Sharon Carter one was interesting because mm. you know again going back to my 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 tree of story uh, you know nodes and so forth that you know what, what and what the a, tree of woe of our predictions. Oh my gosh! But what a great. <laughs> But, but but what a great way to use her character. You know, like we mm. haven't seen her since Civil War. And, you know, to have her be kind of this jilted, you know, sort of twisted person, not 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 in a severe way, but just the the, the system did her wrong and mm-hmm. it has changed her. Yeah. And you know, to see kind of her character come back and work with, you know, Sam and Bucky, but then to be revealed to, to, you know, have evil intentions. And if, uh, if the post credit scene is any indication, uh, to be further evil, um, now that mm-hmm. she's been given the, the carte blanche, uh, to, to, uh, or has been given the, the pardon for, for past sins, you know, it, it, it just was kind of a, a, a interesting thing. I mean, it wasn't a mind blowing twist. It wasn't an, Oh my God, kind of a twist, but it was, yeah. it, it served the purpose of the story and it didn't feel out of place. The Julia Louis Dreyfus one though, as unexpected as that was, I just don't understand like bringing her in. I mean, it just, it, it just felt like thrown in there out of nowhere, but you have to introduce a character in some way. Yes. And I, I just didn't, pick up on you know was she a government agent you know or was she part of that tribunal like she just came in out of nowhere to mm-hmm. smooth talk john walker and that was kind of it you know and and it just i'm just kind of not sure what to make of all that and i don't have the comic background so i have no idea who madam hydra is and as we get into phase four here of the mcu i'm going to become even more lost because i i got nothing when it comes to some of these characters <laughs> i know nothing oh, yeah. So um, well, I, I didn't yeah. know a whole lot about Madame Hydra, and I just briefly kind of went through things. I just I like the idea that they kind of just threw her character in, and nobody knows who the hell she is. Right, like right. John Walker and his wife are just like, who is this person that's just showing up and acting like they own the joint? Like I I just I'm having a moment. Like this is a very emotional moment. Like I basically just got my epaulets ripped off, and they're 
you know, kicking me out of the service and I'm drummed out. Mm-hmm. And now you're coming here and we're trying to have this moment as husband and wife. And now you come strolling down here and you're like, just like, who are you? And it's, right. but the thing is like, that's a very Nick Fury sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's exactly what Nick Fury always does. He just kind of walks into a room and whether it's, it's his room or not, he owns it. Yeah. That's just how he behaves. Like I'm, I'm the man. Mm-hmm. And that I just, I like how she shows up and does that. Yeah. Um, and I think there's, uh, there's a couple of different areas with her, but apparently Marvel has been using a lot of like the, the Marvel ultimate which is a run of comic books. I can't remember when, uh, but they're using a lot of of that, grabbing from a lot of uh, the way that the characters are portrayed in that run of the of the comics. And in that run, uh, Madame Hydra is kind of part of this kind of aristocracy, if you will, uh, of like uber rich, powerful people who are you know kind of an Illuminati sort of thing that always make sure the right thing is done, and they're very shadowy and kind of pulling strings behind the scenes sort of thing. So it kind of fits with how she was introduced that way. But it's also, it also goes back to a point that you made in terms of, you know, fans are always overthinking this. Well, it's because there's so many iterations of these characters and there's so much out there and a lot of it contradictory. You know, they'll just revamp a character and like, oh no, the character is this way now, you know? And so you always have these things that you can grab and like, oh, they're gonna do this, they're gonna do this, they're gonna do this. And in some cases, like, nah, it's just much more simple than that. We're not going to draft off of these 18 different various forms of the character. We're, we're kind of establishing our own, you know? Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why that ends up happening, because the people who do know the comics are just, like, going back through the, you know, the, the 80 years of history. <laughs> and they're like, ooh, in, in, episode, in uh, issue uh, 63 of Captain America back in 1961, this is, uh, well, that's probably not, it's probably not. <laughs> but I do think that Sharon Carter is Mephisto. I really, I think. I that figured as much. That's, that's what we're going to see. You can, you can book that one for next season. Just make sure you mark that down for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. Now that we've gotten all that out of the way, the question that everybody has been asking that we've 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 kind of kept people waiting because we wanted to create a little drama. So now we get into the recap, the returns, the tallying of the score, the reckoning, the if real, you will. Yes, the reckoning. Oh, that sounds so great. The Actually, reckoning. Need, yes, you get that Vince McMahon. The reckoning. Draw uh, me money. Uh, I just scraped my throat on that with something. <laughs> Oi. Um, so we're going to kind of Uncle Todd's out for two to four weeks with a scraped vocal cord sorry yeah which again the rest of the world is like thank God (laughs) get Jason Ward get Jimmy Dice get Uh, anybody anybody at all let's have some guests on to kind of substitute in get a sleeping house cat I'll get my I'll get my fat cat to sit in on this and you can just hear her snore and grunt in her sleep um (laughs) Cause she does. She uh, my my cat just grunts like a little like pig sometimes. She's like, oh, that's oh, funny. I'm like, for crying out loud, what are you? Um, <laughs> anyways, enough people don't need to know that much about my cat. Uh, but she hasn't featured on the show in a while, so I figured I'd keep everyone updated. Uh, mm-hmm. So, well, we'll, let's go through a couple of these, and you can kind of lead us through with this. But and then we'll we'll make the announcement of the winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, so how do we do? So just to set the the ground rules for how this was done, uh, went through, uh, labeled these as the real or jabroni, given that we now have seen the entire series. Uh, assigned two points uh, if you know one person got the answer correct. So uh, if, for example, Todd, Uncle Todd said the jabroni, 
uh, and it was the jabroni, and I and I guessed the real, then he would get two points. However, if we both guessed it correctly, we are treating that as a tie, and only assigning one point. Confused, mm-hmm. I was. Um, so <laughs> And this is why there's a spreadsheet. Why there's a spreadsheet? Why there's a little code? You know, just just needed the uh, you know the. There's an addendum to the spreadsheet. The computer to figure it all out for me. So uh, with that said, I'm going to walk through some of these and and quickly just kind of go through them. But but our first one was was Bucky will not tell Yori uh, that he killed his son. And as we have talked about, uh, Bucky did tell Yori that he killed his son. So that was the jabroni. Uncle Todd got that uh, plus two for him on that one. So well done, sir. Um, thank you. Thank you. The next one, John Walker, the new Captain America, a.k.a. the chin, uh, yes. is in league with the Flag Smashers. I called this the jabroni. Uncle Todd called this the real. And it was, in fact, the jabroni. He was not in league with the Flag Smashers. So we are now even at two. And, and quite honestly, as we go through these, I, I won't go into gory detail about the points because uh, we'll, we'll just read out the final tally at the end. But what was really funny as I did this was we were like neck and neck for most of it. It was really funny. Mm-hmm. It was just like I would get a couple, you would get a couple. And it was just it was like tied the whole way. And then, well, we'll find out in a moment what happened. But it was just kind of funny. Uh, next one, John Walker, the new Captain America, is the main antagonist. That was the jabroni, and we both guessed mm-hmm. that. So that was a push or a tie. Th- this one we'll, we'll pause on for a moment. John Walker, the new Captain America, becomes an ally of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I ended up putting this as the real, mm-hmm. uh, not just because I guessed the real and you did not, but because it, it, if you go by how the season ended, he in the end was fighting with Bucky and with uh, with Falcon, uh, with Sam, mm-hmm. to stop what was going on. And one thing I thought was kind of interesting, I don't want to go too, too off on a tangent here, but did you find it interesting with the shield that, uh, John Walker created uh, after being stripped of the actual shield. Mm-hmm. I found it interesting that he put, uh, I, I didn't know what it meant at first, but I, here's what my interpretation is. The the sheriff's badge that's on the inside of the shield, now that I've watched the episode and have thought about it, do you think that was kind of a moral compass for him, like a reminder of Battlestar to kind of keep him grounded because of how the serum is kind of bringing out not the best qualities in him. Yeah, I mean, well, that was his medal of honor. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah. it also looked like the insignia on 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 his partner's you know uh, uniform, but but mm. yes, you're you're absolutely right. That was his medal of honor. So it, it so that is meant to be kind of a a token to keep him grounded, so he stays within the realm of doing the morally right thing, as opposed to losing control. And and we mm. didn't cover this, but. That was probably one of the best, I don't mean to say one of the best, but one of the most striking images from the series was the end of episode four when he just (sighs) loses it and kills one of the Flag Smashers with the shield and you just have this blood smattered all over the shield. (laughs) I was like, oh boy. I mean, literally bludgeons the dude to death. Yeah, with, with the shield, yeah. Yeah, not like, you know, in some other way, like in like fully cognizant of exactly what he is going to do mm-hmm. and just that blood on the shield and then following up at the beginning of episode five with Sam trying to wipe the shield clean yeah. and the blood is still being 
still being fresh enough that you can he can it's still liquid yeah you know like oh my gosh yeah that was that was that was rough like actually when i was watching that uh my wife and my daughter after that like yeah we're not going to watch any more of this and so i watched episode five and i was like okay it you know, they that was the that was kind of the outer limit of where they're going to take you. So uh-huh. I managed to coax them back in to watch episode five before the finale. Yeah. Uh, watching the finale on Friday, I was like, no, no, it's that was that was kind of like that yeah. was the extreme. But yeah, that was it was crazy. Yeah, absolutely yeah. crazy. But I what I thought was really really odd in the way this worked out is that yeah, so the chin comes back and works with Bucky. But man, they were awfully chummy for the fact it's like, hey, you know what? A couple days ago, you killed the dude with a shield and you've been like exiled from all your hero work. But hey, good job. (laughs) And we're going to have some 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 yucks because you made a an Abraham Lincoln reference. Like, really? Yeah. Okay. sure. I mean, yeah. Killed kill the dude with your buddy's shield, and we're all okay with this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Little little odd to me. Little yeah. odd. Yeah. All right. So uh, Sharon Cotter becomes Bucky's love interest. That of course did not happen. She was merely the power broker. That was Jabroni. Uh, Uncle Todd got that one correct. I did not. Uh, Baron Zemo is the main antagonist of this season. We both went with the real. We were both. <sighs> You're wrong. Uh, the jabroni yeah. on this one. Um, but one that we should have put in here that we did not, Baron Zemo as a uh, new meme uh, would have yes. would have worked uh, because- One heck of a dancer. The dancing was was just, oh my gosh. The, like, Hashtag who, release the Zemo cut. Whoever thought of that deserves a bonus on top of a bonus because that was just, that was just brilliant. <laughs> you got yeah, this and talk about just... being responsive. Like we had to wait three years for the Snyder cut. Oh you know, people put that on Twitter. Released the Zemo cut when they found out that there was a lot more footage of him dancing. They released like a f- three, four minute cut, and then they had a like a, an hour long looped cut <laughs> within within like four days. <laughs> like Marvel's like, yeah, sure, why not? You know, Wasting it, that's no time. That's just good fun. That is good fun right there. And it probably was like two interns they assigned it. Like, hey. Go work this out. <laughs> yeah, was great. Yeah, love it. It, it. it was it was it was fantastic. Basically, anything where we talk about the Thunderbolts was the jabroni. <laughs> um, the Thunderbolts were the Mephisto of this series. You're wrong. You know, we we had one. Zemo will have the Thunderbolts on his side. That didn't happen, but Uncle Todd and I thought it would, so we both got that wrong. You're wrong. What else? Thunderbolt character Jolt will appear and have a connection with Bucky. That didn't happen, and even close. You're wrong. Yeah, we're just gonna call them the Thunder Farts from now oh on. Oh my Those, gosh. Oh, oh, we the had Thunder when- Duds. Yes. Yes. Uh, Zemo has employed Falcon and Winter Soldier to take down the Flag Smashers. That did not happen. That that was the jabroni. The three of the, if anything, Falcon and Winter Soldier busted him out to help them uh, track down Carly and crew. Um, so that did not happen. Uh, we, we both got that right. Uh, we had a couple about the actress who played Carly Morgenthal, Erin Kellerman. Uh, mm-hmm. One that she would be playing Sin, the daughter of the Red Skull, and the other that she would be playing Songbird, one of the Thunderbolts. And guess what? You're wrong. Yeah. You're wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, mm-hmm. Uncle Todd and I were were okay on that up until uh, you know her playing Songbird, and then he decided that well that that could happen. Yeah. You're wrong. Batrock the oh. Leaper, not the Leper, oh, but Batrock the Leaper. What, uh, what the heck is up with that? Well, that's well, is that. 
Is that really the dude's full name, that, Batroc the Leaper? That was his full name. Oh, we'll kill Torres, uh, which will spring Falcon and the Winter Soldier into action. Uh, we couldn't have been more wrong. You're wrong. Uh, he, he did come back. He, he was merely on a mission to take out Falcon, uh, but Uncle Todd uh, was wise on that one, so he got the points Although there. I will... I did say that Torres was dead meat. Like I, I basically said he was dead man walking. He might as well be wearing a red shirt beaming down to a planet in yes. Star Trek. And somehow he survived the entire show. He did. I never would have picked that. He, he, he did. Uh, in, in the category of overthinking what they could do in the story, uh, we, we went a little far thinking Torres would be taken down. So yeah, this one I should have gotten plus 100 for uh, because I nailed it. But Isaiah Listen, Bradley... Just first, reel it in a little. Reel it in a little. First, <laughs> the Pride first cometh before the fall, sir. Remember that. I will. The, 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 <laughs> well, we, we labeled him as the first black Captain America. I mean, really what he was was a super soldier in the same vein as Steve Rogers. And Yes. Uh, but that he will appear as part of this season, and uh, that was the real. He was a very crucial part of the season, which I guess correctly. You nailed it. Woo! And Todd did not. Uh Moving on, War Machine will will join Falcon and Bucky in taking down Zemo and the Thunderbolts. Uh, you're wrong. You're wrong. Uh, yeah, did not happen. But you and I both thought that would be pretty cool, so we didn't get any points. Um, Apparently, they they only budgeted not even an afternoon for Don Cheadle, like an hour and a half. <laughs> it, was, it was like <laughs> he made an appearance. Uh, a um, minute and a half on screen, and that was it. All right. Well, thank you for showing up. Thank you, and uh, good night. Anything with Red Skull was uh, the jabroni. So Red Skull will be <laughs> oh revealed goodness, as the yeah. main antagonist pulling the strings. Uh, no. Thankfully, the writers at Marvel had better things in mind. The U.S. government will be revealed as behind everything as a way to validate the Sokovia Accords. This was a reasonable one, but uh, so I, I put the real, but Uncle Todd, uh, he saw through the smoke and saw this was jabroni all the way. Mm-hmm. Zemo will be in league with the U.S. government and their goal to enforce the Sokovia Accords. Uh, Uncle Todd Survey wasn't having says. any part of it. <laughs> he was not having any part of it, and he was right. Me? I was wrong. I apparently am a big governmental conspiracy theorist. You do have several tinfoil hats, but they're all very lovely and well-crafted. Indeed, I do, and they all have names. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, you did hang out with Matt for a long time, and he thinks that all sports are fixed. Isn't that correct? Yes. Yeah. We well, we every sport, every sport. We both had a running thing about about uh, sports being fixed, about especially basketball. Which, when the referee debacle happened, uh, proved us partially correct. Um, yeah, dude, you did have an excellent point there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I retract what I just said. <laughs> Never mind. Can you make me one of them tinfoil hats as well? <laughs> sure, we'll call it the uh, jabroni. Uh, anyways, no, sorry. Overnight it for me. I will do so. Uh, Sharon Cotter will become the new Black Widow. Well, mm. she'll become the new something, but it won't be the Black Widow. <laughs> Now the the funny the, the no funny note I had here was because it's interesting because Black Widow started out as you know kind of the assassin spy who is obviously a bad guy mm-hmm. and then who was reformed and then became a double agent. Yes. Whereas Sharon seems to be on the opposite journey. So in a way we were kind of right, just in the wrong order. Yes, I I would agree with that. So that that was Jabroni, but we both felt like that would be what she becomes. I mean, we we should both get half a point for that. I mean, it changes nothing, but I, it just make me feel better. It does not. It does not. No. Uh, the Winter Soldier will turn on Sam. This was the, uh, the, the this was the rockers uh, from from wrestling being applied here. Uh, the the Shawn Michaels turning on Marty Jannetty. 
Uh, thankfully, we both were of a right mind and, and, and said jabroni on this. Uh, no one this went was an the interesting one. window. What's that? No one went through the barbershop window. No one went through the barbershop window. No, no. Uh, Sam did go crashing through a window, though, when he took off as Captain America, though. Um, that, that was cool. Um, True. Uh, actually, he he, crashed, he broke through the window throwing the shield. I thought that was awesome. He throws the shield out yeah. the window and then flies after it and gets it. That was yep. pretty cool. Uh, Falcon Winter Soldier will become Team Captain America. This we both thought was reasonable, but... We're wrong. Uh, the jabroni. You're wrong. Uh, <laughs> I love this one. This next one. Oh, my gosh. Where did you <laughs> dig this one up? Was this you or was it you? You got this from somewhere, I think. I dug this up from some site that was putting out rumors. And yeah. The so, shadiest rumor site ever. It should be shut down for this one. <laughs> like Baron M- Mord- Mordo, who is the villain from Doctor Strange. Uh, oh, the only Doctor Strange movie. Well, no. Well, he was no. Uh, he, he wasn't. A, he wasn't a bad guy. He was the. Wasn't that uh, Doctor Strange's buddy from the? Yeah, the yeah. I'm sorry. He, he was part of Baron Mordo. Was part of um, what? What? What do they call their collective there? Um, oh, <sighs> my brain is not I, working tonight. I'm not. I'm not remembering either. But he was. It was like the. It was like the not the monastery, but the training center with the Sorcerer Supreme. Yes, and yes. all that. And at the, he was the guy at the end who walked away from Doctor Strange because he had used the the stone to interfere in time. Correct. In the wrong way. Yeah. Correct. And so this rumor was that he would make an appearance desiring for no more superheroes similar to Zemo. Oh, hell no! Uh, mm-hmm. You and I both saw through this one. So Jabroni there, and uh, we, we both got it right. Um, this one... Uh, I just came up with and just shows that I overthink and apparently um, I'm just you, you know, thought everyone was gonna die dark like you, you just you go to just a like, dark place. this person gonna die this person gonna I'm die. all about all gonna die I go back to Rocky three you know Mickey dies and then Rocky you know has to have that 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 reckoning that that coming coming to to the light sort of moment where, where he gets back his motivation here I thought Falcon sister would be a you know would would would, would end up being uh, taken out as a means to motivate him. Uh, I was wrong. Uh, so Uncle Todd saw through this one, got this one correct. Uh, I think this is where uh, we start to see separation here between you and I in terms of points. Uh, Doctor Strange makes an appearance. Well, no, no, no. See, the thing is, you want to, you want to try and pass it off as the Rocky Three thing because that sounds cool. I know what it really is. What is it? You back in the day, you were watching Dallas, and you you <laughs> you lived through the whole Who Shot Jr. thing. So now you're just waiting for a character to get offed to become like the hinge point of some new plot. That's you're just it's it's traumatized you to this day. All right, I'm moving on. You figured ba, ba, me out. Ba, ba, figured ba, me out. Ba, da, da, da. I watched Dallas yeah. back in the day, baby. <laughs> who shot Bobby? I did. Oh yeah, no, it was uh, who shot Jr. And then they brought. Bo- See again, I'm the one who watched Dallas. I used to, <laughs> I used to watch it with my parents. But, so uh, so let's see. I'm the one who watched it, but I'm getting it wrong. <laughs> and who's correcting me? Well, I mean, hey, it worked that way for the joke. Well, moving right along. <laughs> uh, what was another? Oh, Doctor Strange makes an appearance. Uh, that was a false one. Uh, just really, again, these rumors are just interesting. This one I put as the real. So Rhodey will make amends with Sam um, and will push for him to accept being Captain America. That kind of happened. Yeah. No, that was that was really the beginning of that for Sam, I think. Yeah. 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 And, and the amends part comes in because of what happened at Civil War because they were on opposite yes. sides. 
Uh, mm-hmm. The season ends with Sam accepting ownership of Cap Shield. That was the real, and we both got that right. Thank uh, you very much. The season ends with Sam becoming the new Captain America. Uh, uh, I put Jabroni uh, on this. I thought, uh, well, uh, well, I thought <laughs> that if you go back to see, see, you just you 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 have no consistency with your answers. You you said oh, Falcon and Winter Soldier will oh, become. You said that the two of them will become Team Captain America, and yet also said that Sam becomes the new Captain America. You cannot have it both ways. And yet, you you did, but you were correct. Um, in this one, my friend, it was the real. He is the new Captain America. I, for whatever reason, uh, decided to be. I, I put consistency over just winning, so uh, I I went with the jabroni and got it wrong. Trying to be a little too cute. That's what it was. That's what it was. Uh, the season ends with Bucky making full amends for all of the lives he's shattered. This was the real. I don't know what you and I were thinking. Um, yeah. Storyline wise, we, that would have made a whole lot of sense. Well, we just. I think the that we just figured it. I think the way that I, if I'm remembering right, I think I said I think I thought he would make amends with some of them. I didn't think he would cross all the names off in the book. And they, they I, they got us. <laughs> they they did. They 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 did and. Uh, had I at least gotten this one, uh, it, it would have kept things close. The season ends with Steve Rogers returning to fight alongside Falcon and Bucky. We both saw this as not happening, mm-hmm. if only because poor Steve would need to have a walker with him if that were going to happen um, at his age. But I think we were, we were hoping for the young Captain America to to have returned, but that, that just would have been uh, ridiculous, and, and we both saw through it. So... With the points being tallied up with two points for a correct answer and one point for a tie, the winner with 24 points to 18 points. So a a close one, but yet enough distance to declare a winner. Uncle Todd, I tip my cap to you, sir. You were the better man for this version of The Real or The Jabroni. Glorious! No, I won't give in! Thank you, sir. Thank you. I'm. It is. It is. It, I accept this honor, and all of the weight with it, which is nothing, because. <laughs> so it's a podcast with a couple chuckleheads here. So, so have have you? So so what was on the line was, uh, yes. as our listeners may be aware of, Uncle Todd. Uh, well, I will put his name first because he was he was into this before I was, and, and when I had to make some. Dietary changes on you. He helped me see the light in terms of uh, this, but uh, a bottle of bourbon was on the line. Yes, indeed. And, yes, it uh, was. Ha- have you declared or, or have an idea of what you would like? I I'm, I think I want to try some of that uh, that Woodford Reserve Double Oaked that you've you've said so much about. Ah, I think that might be all right. That might be what I'm aiming for. All yes, right. the Double Oaked. I'm going to write this in the show notes because tomorrow I will have forgotten. I was gonna I was gonna go for one of them like you know. 18 gallon bottles of Maker's Mark that you get at Costco that you know you need a spotter <laughs> and, and a say dolly to get into your house. <laughs> <laughs> but I, my back just can't handle that anymore, so I'll go with quality over quantity. All right, so we have a winner. <laughs> uh, what, what was very interesting about this exercise and tabulation was when you look at the spreadsheet and you see how many of these rumors were were fake, were the jabroni. It was a majority of them. I think there was a total of... Let me see. One, two, three, four, five. Out of 28 rumors, six of them were the real. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, you're right. If we'd all just said no for all of them. It would have been a much higher score and a much closer <laughs> score, I believe, as well. So, oh my gosh, this was this was unreal. So we will have to do this again. I, I, I think I think we're planning on doing this for the Loki show. I'm all for it, I, sure. I, I think we need to do the real and the jabroni for Loki because th- this was fun. It, it's always fun to kind of see what sort of crazy rumors are out there and to see how close some of these are to what really happens and how far off. But I just want to go back and once again give myself, and please, Uncle Todd, link this in the show notes, give myself a Barry Horowitz pat on the back <laughs> for that Isaiah Bradley call because that that was that that that, that was not a mainstream rumor. That that was a a you know kind of over here in the corner kind of rumor and and I nailed it and I'm just very proud. So uh, I, I'm, I'm, gonna I'm never going to hear the end of that, am I? Oh, That's, you, you are not. You are not. That's going to be like the one time you managed to beat me in Madden back in the day. So <laughs> I'll, I'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> You're like 238 and one. Oh, or no, gosh. one and 200, you know. You and Barry you Foster. It. I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the good old days. And another thing. Oh, boy. Well. What have you got for and another thing this week, sir? Uh, my and another thing is a uh, British series that my wife and I watched on Netflix uh, called The One. Uh, hmm. It was uh, something that she had kind of stumbled upon, and uh, it was really... It looks like there's actually, now that I'm looking at this, there might be a season two to it, because there was only... I think there was only a season one when we were watching a couple weeks ago. But um, but basically, it's it's a science fiction show. It's about uh, in the future, uh, there is a company that has basically its product is providing uh, people with the information of who is their biological match. So they actually have come up with a way of determining from your DNA who uh, on the planet is your match. And it it is an interesting series in that it dives into the effects uh, like that is one aspect of the story is the impact of that on society because you have you know a lot of uh, marriages that break up because the partners find who their match is um, mm-hmm. but you also have a story of the the characters who created the company and who created the product and just kind of the underhanded ways that came about um, there's a little bit of mystery in it a little bit of uh, you know, there, there's definitely drama and and there's there's, you know, kind of mini stories going throughout it. Um, you know, there's like mm-hmm. one one couple. It's really just about the impact of the technology on their marriage, um, you know, with with uh, with the wife kind of doing the test for her husband because she wants to know who his match is. And it's really just kind of uh, it just shows how the whole thing really just kind of can mess with people's heads. Um, yeah. You know, from from that from that respect. The other main story is really uh, the the story around how how the company came to be, and there's there there is murder involved, and there is intrigue, uh-huh. um, well, of course, which plays out, and and so all of that kind of is woven in, um, you know, through all these characters. So I liked it. It was it was a really uh, it was an entertaining show, and in uh, you know I'm always a, a sucker for sci-fi. Uh, you know, this isn't sci-fi in the sense of Star Wars or Star Trek, but I'm always interested in, in, in you know, sci-fi stories of what is the impact of a technology on society. Um, mm. You've probably, if you've heard other uh, episodes of our show, I've brought up this, the series Black Mirror from time to time. That one, go in with caution, but I mean, there's, there's, some, there, there's some very, 
you know, I'll, I'll say there's one episode in particular that's quite harsh, but the other ones do have a good story to them. And, and, it, and it was very, um, again, that, that is, I believe, another British series um, where uh, it, I think it was early 2010s that looks at the impact of, you know, different technologies. And it was actually kind of almost predicting some things that have come to pass, which was kind of interesting. So, mm. um, so yeah, so, so the one, uh, it's on Netflix. Uh, I, I would recommend it and uh, check it out. Very nice, sir. Very nice. Uh, for me, uh, I have I've gone from to my shame. I have gone from maligning the streaming app known as Peacock to now being fully invested in uh, searching through the offerings on Peacock. Uh, I never thought this would happen. I feel kind of dirty, to be quite honest, but. Man, I'll be damned. There's not a lot of really good stuff on there. And if you happen, they, they do have something I think is is kind of interesting. Um, they have a, a, a section that shows kind of like highly rated. And so they'll they'll give you these shows that have a very high Rotten Tomatoes. And I think uh, it might be Metacritic or, or some other score. And you can kind of you can go through and search through that, which I think is really helpful. I don't, I don't necessarily put a ton of stock in what uh, movie reviewers say about uh, a movie or, or what rating it might have on Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic or anything like that. Mostly because if, if, I, if there's a movie I want to see, I'm going to see it. And I don't necessarily go and do a whole bunch of research beforehand. However, I think it can be handy if, you're, if you find yourself in a position like I often find myself with kind of overwhelmed with choices with nothing specific that I really want to watch or that I'm, you know, I, I kind of want to find something new, but there's just so much content just overwhelming. It's kind of nice sometimes just to filter down and be like, all right, let's see what other folks might say is really good and see if in there there's something that I'm I'd be kind of interested in. Uh, and Peacock has a ton of really, really well-rated documentaries, and this is one of them. Nice. And it's called, it is called Being Evil, and it is a documentary of the stuntman and daredevil Evil Knievel. It's a really well-done documentary, and it was produced by, um, a, by a couple of the guys from Jackass, which totally makes sense when you think about it, mm. and Johnny Knoxville narrates a lot of it. And it's a it's a very interesting look at Evil Knievel's life at his at his life growing up, and then of course you know for this period of time in the seventies when he was like one of the most famous people on the planet, and for a guy who genuinely didn't really have any training to be a stuntman, to to do these stunts like just said I can do it, and in some cases didn't really, there was it's not like in, in a lot of these stunts which you can tell by how many didn't really turn out well for him. There wasn't a lot of math seemingly involved. There wasn't a lot of like engineering. It was sort of like, yep, that looks good. And rev up the bike and go. And I'm like, holy crap. You mean, I was at least thinking someone made some sketches on a napkin or something. But it almost seems like he picked a number out of the out of thin air as mm -hmm. like, yeah, I can jump this much stuff. And they're like, all right. And then he just go out and do it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Wow. Like, it's just crazy. Wow. Um, and, and kind of what that lifestyle was like and what it was like for the people around him. And then, of course, kind of after uh, when things started to decline for him in his later life and and really just the complexity of this person who, yeah. you know, there's yeah, there's a lot of, of his life that you can look at and be like, wow, that is kind of crazy and amazing. That this person would just 
make this thing for themselves, but then to also understand there's other sides of that and the and the way that 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 he affected other people and the wreckage that he left, not just motorcycle and and broken bones, but of course, mm-hmm. uh, the wreckage he left in, in lives of people around him. Yeah. So, it, but it was a really 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 well done documentary, um, and I would recommend that because it was entertaining and I feel like it does a fairly it, it's not like it just beats you over the head with, okay, this guy was not necessarily the greatest human being ever. Yeah. Um, it does a very balanced sort of look at his life and kind of presents you with a lot of, this is who the dude was. He was jacked up in some areas and then kind of cool in others. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, very well done. I enjoyed it. So I highly recommend it for our listeners to, to give that a look if you happen to have the streaming app known as Peacock. Very nice. Still no BSG on there and probably won't be for another 10 years, so you better find uh, some other way to I don't know if you noticed, get, you know, BSG, the series we like, is on there. Yeah, although I wonder if they're doing like sort of like the Amazon cut or oh. if they're actually putting the legit full episodes up there. Ah, oh, Amazon. Yeah, because that's, that's just so me. uncalled for. It's so uncalled for because... Oh no, that I mean, was sci-fi. Really that was sci-fi. For? I was oh, watching that's on sci-fi. Right. Sci-fi. Yeah, okay. Cuz it was on Amazon for a while too, right? Uh yes, but I don't know if okay. it was edited down. All right. Well, we have now come to the end of our time. We appreciate y'all uh, joining us here for another meeting of the Free Range Idiocy Congregation. We do certainly appreciate you stopping by and to our little little kind of salon on the interwebs and uh, and listening to us rant rave and otherwise make fools of ourselves because well that's our shtick and we live our gimmick 24 mm. 7 we aren't just idiots on the internet we're idiots everywhere <laughs> it's not just a brand name it's a lifestyle <laughs> I'm mostly speaking for myself. Tim is a very is a very well-balanced, competent employee and family man. I'm just genuinely an idiot all the time. So I did write code for a spreadsheet. You did. Um, God bless you for that because I, I, I would have. I would have just I would have flipped a coin and be like, that's who won. I you would have done the math later. Like, actually, you won. I don't care. I don't care. My brain hurt. I can't do anymore. Uh, so we definitely appreciate all of y'all tuning in. Uh, if you want to subscribe, actually, if you haven't subscribed yet, why haven't you? Good Lord. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's it to you? I mean, it only takes a couple seconds. Then you can ignore us all you want. But if you'd like to subscribe, you can find us on Podbean. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. If you go to freerangeadc.com, that's all of our episodes right there in one spot. And goodness while you're there just download a whole bunch of stuff just keep artificially inflating those numbers because dang it we just love that it's we are simple creatures with simple pleasures and watching numbers go up just makes us go Wee! or at least it does me again well, Tim let, is much let, more responsible to do <laughs> well that too Actually, the numbers going up does kind of hurt my head because I'm like, how did that happen? Um, but uh, if you have any, uh, uh, actually, and the other part is if you want to follow us on the social medias, it's just a gas on the social medias, uh, kind of. Usually, actually, no, it's it's kind of like the Mos Eisley Cantina. It's a den of scum and villainy, the likes of which the universe has never known. But hey, we try and make our corner kind of shiny and fun. So there's that, I guess. <laughs> So if you want to follow us on the on the social medias, you can find us on Twitter. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. All of those are at Free Range Idiocy. And if you have any questions, you have any thoughts, you have any concerns, you have suggestions of what you'd like us to just yap and yap and yap and yap 
and then yap some more about, then you want to send those to Tim at FreeRangeIDC.com and he will be back to you soon, if not faster. Post haste. Post haste forthwith PDQ ASAP something WTF. FedEx. But, uh, it, yeah, yeah, FedEx. But not, actually, we're old enough that we remember when it was called Federal Express. And then after a while, they're like, ah, that's too many letters. <laughs> Cut that down. Oh. I'm just waiting for the day when it's just... It's always about it. efficiency. <laughs> always about efficiency. I know. Federal Express just takes far too much time to say. There's precious microseconds of your life just taken up by that. Mm. Good Lord. Mm. Like Tony Stark said when he when they asked him how... He, how uh, how how Nick Fury would look at both screens like he turns he's like sounds exhausting <laughs> that's exactly how I feel about it like ah oh, yes abbreviate all the things it's exhausting to actually have to say these words out loud mm-hmm. so now that we've uh, finally taken care of all the business here and I've finished my portion of the show and once again a hallelujah from the congregation <laughs> as they're They've just been waiting for me to just close my pie hole this entire time I like to turn to the man. Who's next to the man? Who's next to the? Oh wait, sorry, that's a whole other thing. Um, getting into Robin Harris there. So, uh, but I like to turn to Tim and, and kind of reflect back on the all the things that we've talked about tonight. And mm-hmm. the hell do we learn? Uh, we have learned the following, my friend. Ah, good. Uh, the Bad Batch looks like a good show. Yes, Thundercats. The, good, the movie. It's going to be called the Good Batch. The, oh, there we go. Thundercats the movie. We'll probably come out before the BSG show does, so... Oh, it's definitely going to happen. Looking forward to that. That Uh, is the real, for sure. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, fantastic show. A lot of layers, a lot of depth, a lot of great storytelling. You know, Marvel, once again, just knocking it out of the park. Uh, uh, Excuse me, that's Captain America. uh, Ah, excuse me, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Great show with lots of depth. Respect on that name. (laughs) Spoilers, man! It's spoilers. We were, oh. we were doing so well. Students, so, no, we weren't Good actually. Uh, Uncle Todd was the better man this time. In the real, in the jabroni. Mm. He can sniff out those rumors like a bloodhound. <laughs> well, especially if this barber on the line. Apparently, that's all it takes to motivate me. If I, if only I'd known this all these years. Think of how successful I could be. Think of how successful I could be. Ah. Oh. Oh. And the man they call Tim, we learned today, has tinfoil hats and apparently names them. So, well, just hey, whatever makes you happy, man. I'm not here to judge. I know. Figure, uh, you know, learn a little something, something about me. So once again, uh, thank you, everyone, for the downloads. We, we do appreciate it. And uh, as as we like to close on uh, this this episode, this this time on on the range of free idiocy. Because uh, mm, ain't nobody paying for this. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's free range, mostly. Free range because it wanders everywhere, but also free because <laughs> you think I'm going to kick in some money for this? You should be paying me that I'm listening. Which, yeah, there's a model. I mean, <laughs> possibly not the most profitable. But, you know. No, definitely not. Uh, definitely not. But as always, uh, you know, be safe, be healthy, be kind, be good to one another. And, uh, you know, I, I now need to procure a bottle of Woodford Reserve for Uncle Todd. So uh, just in terms of saving some pennies, if you would please, hit the lights on the way out. I took the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon. What did you say? You're wrong. 
Damn! You are such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. You're wrong. Get out. And don't come back until you redeemed yourselves. You're wrong. Oh my God! So say we all. So say we all. Well, I didn't think you had it in you. I'm your huckleberry. Do it. Hello, what have we here? No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Correct the mundo! It's, it's terrible. Oh, it's absolutely terrible. Goodness. I'm going to go get a tinfoil hat. Gotta go, gotta go!